Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. But They're asking where you served, but you said, was it your basically your home stake or like right next to it is what it sounded like? Okay, uh, well... I'll just say now, um, the project that I've got going on, let me show you this image quickly. Um, the, yeah, I've got a nice, okay, see those boxes there? My wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, um, for the last 17 years has lugged these boxes from house to house. And the amount of times that I have said, just throw it all away. There is every letter that i wrote to her every letter that she wrote to me several journals that i i wrote my journal every day um fastidiously like word of the night fastidiously um photos loads of um audio recordings so i can't see that because yeah you're not on we we had this little uh these little dictaphones so I had one. Yeah. I was listening to some earlier, though. <laughs> it's dirty. Like. <laughs> it's so Dude, are these bad. to your girlfriend? Yeah, I was embarrassed okay. just listening to it. It's like. Oh, that's funny. Oh, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I, I sometimes wonder if this, because I, I know a lot of, it's a duty. Like, you, you basically have to go whether you want to or not. And I wonder if that's also maybe part of where some resentment might come for sister missionaries because, um, and, and it would go both ways because I think it, it might must be irksome to elder, like, especially like you, where you, you're forced to be there, you have to be there. And then here's these sisters who don't have to be there, but they're choosing yeah. to be like, and especially in the context of a church and it being righteous and you're sharing the gospel, that maybe it's just like a little bit like, mm, the sisters are yeah. so self-righteous like that they don't have to be here but they're here but it also like i had some resentment sometimes towards elders because again like it was like a privilege for me to be there and so i just i couldn't understand at the time um why elders would not want to be there or would be upset about going when um when like so many of us like as we were discouraged from going and we had this whole stigma about it you know and so it, it just yeah sometimes just kind of felt like look i i had to work to be here and i'm yeah. and i'm going against a lot of stigmas here like i am decreasing myself in a lot of ways to be here um and you know i know that i'm the butt of jokes and things like that um and you know but you you know and so you have the the gall i guess just to be like what i I hate being here. You know, it just seemed kind of whiny to me at yeah. the time. So no, I, I feel like that might have added to, plus the age difference. I don't know if the church was doing it on purpose. I was thinking that today. Maybe like there was the church maybe kind of wants there to be at least a little bit. I mean, for obvious reasons, they didn't want us like elders and sisters to get a little too close, you know, if you know what I mean. But yeah. I wonder if they did kind of sort of engender. It wasn't just about trying to get sisters married before 21 um but yeah supporting yeah. a little bit of rivalry well, yeah we um well at least for me it was really difficult because uh, i got called the mission border um was like one mile from my home and i got called to the mission that was a mile away like the next okay. one over 
and my so it's like when utah people get called to salt lake or orem <laughs> yeah like, yeah okay but the, but the church in england is so small that you know everyone all over the country you know i'm guessing in utah there's a lot of people you know but here we drive hours to go to dances because there's only one happening in the country that night so i i was going to places and I was rocking up to church in my first area when I was super homesick. I sat down in like a sacrament meeting and looked around. And I'm like, why are my friends here? And then you talk to them and you're like, what are you doing here? They're like, we live here. <laughs> I'm like, you live here? I, I, I used to see you at this dance. That would be weird. Yeah. And, and, and like I drive past my girlfriend on the street and you look but you couldn't touch, you couldn't say hello, you know, because um, she lived. That would lived, be so strange. She lived I can't in imagine. the mission. Yeah, we. I'd have elders with me who'd be like, dude, who's that girl that you're waving at? I'm like, it's my girlfriend. They'd be like, what do you mean that's your girlfriend? I'm like, well, we've been dating since we were 16, you know, that's where she lives. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, the Lord sent me here, I don't know. So it was like, I had to still be at home but I had to put home away for two years. Like I was saying to my kids earlier, I said, yeah, I couldn't talk to your mum for like in person for two years. What do you mean? Why not? Because Jesus said so. And it just oh seems so, so stupid now. But yeah. It would have been easier if I'd have been sent to um, the other side of the world or whatever, but I was, I did it here. So yeah, it was crap. That is unique. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you'll find out all about it in um, the the new project, which would be Missionary Memoirs. We're going to go from the call um, all the way through week by week because there's some crazy shit that goes down um, from killing missionaries to missionaries running away. Um, you say killing missionaries, so I think just for people who may not be I guess woke to the lingo. Do you want to explain what that means? Well, it's a, to be honest with you, it's, it's a, a bit of both. I did. Now that I think back to it, because we're not we, talking literal. No, I think we did almost kill someone. Um, but the the lingo as a missionary is if you have a companion who is leaving at the end of the transfer when they leave, you you kill them. Um, so yeah, but. Okay. For any Nevermos out there, or, yeah. or those that didn't serve a mission and didn't know that was the lingo of killing somebody off. But so, yeah. The church, in their wisdom, decided to give everyone um, a one meter long length of elastic, which was the. <laughs> have you seen these? Yeah, I, I had a, like a green one. I, yeah, I never yeah. used it. It's supposed to be for exercise, but like just knowing what I know about 18 and 19 and 20 year old boys, like I can only imagine the shenanigans. Why, why would you give someone? <laughs> so they gave us all a meter long length of elastic that was about four or five inches uh, in width. And it was supposed to be for resistance training. So they also gave us a book of exercises that we could do in the flat in the morning you know, like holding it and, and doing curls and different things. But that never happened. So the, the I pain, can imagine what did happen, but, yeah, but go ahead. The, the well, <laughs> so in this one flat, 
the uh, zone leaders were coming for exchanges, and Mike Greeny uh, was in the toilet, and this flat was just really long. Like uh, all the rooms were one after the other, but if you um, had all the doors open, it was just a really long shooting gallery. And it had been Christmas. The members had bought us lots of candy and they bought some quality streets. And in the quality streets, there's always this hard one, like the caramel. And my companion, he was a bodybuilder from London. He spoke like this. And he was really, really stocky, really big guy, like 300 pounds of just meat. And he'd gone down to the toilet and this American elder, he said, oh, hey, let's, let's get him, right? Now, all the rooms step down a level as well as you go. So why I don't know what we were thinking, but I stood on one side. The others only just stood on the other. And we held the elastic and we, we made a big catapult. <laughs> and this one's only this American kid picked up a toffee, put it in the elastic and pulled it right back. And I said to him, if you hit him in the head, you're fighting him. And this elder, that my greenie, he opened the bathroom door and this elder let fly. And I, I didn't even see this chocolate go. It was, all I saw was my companion grab his face. And I was like, oh my gosh. And he, he grabbed his face and he was wearing glasses, fortunately. And it, it deflected off one of his uh, glasses onto his cheek and cut his cheek. But he staggered backwards. He said, oh, I can't see. And he sat on the edge of the bathtub. And then he passed out and fell into the bathtub with his arms and legs kind of hanging out the front of it. So we all ran down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do I explain this? Um, so I said, uh, pick him up. Let's put him in bed. Our bed was a long way away. I didn't even think, oh, is he breathing? What do we do? Pick him up. Let's put him in bed. We dragged him out of the bathroom into this long galley kitchen and we, we dropped him quite heavily and he was out like I was like how did that happen because he you said it hit him in the glasses it hit the glass the bottom of the glasses uh -huh. and and hit his cheek here um so some of the force if he'd not have been wearing glasses it would have taken his eye out um so it, popped, it was just that Pop the lens out of the glasses. That. Yeah, yeah. We found the chocolate later and it had like the imprint of the frame of his glasses and stuff on it. Anyway, so he's on the ground. And um, after a, a minute or so, I thought, oh, I should check if he's breathing. Unfortunately, he was still breathing. And then I was, I was starting to think, do we call the mission president's wife? Because that's what you do if someone's not well. And then I saw his, his finger twitch. And I thought, oh, thank goodness, he's, he's still with us. And he came around um, and we got him to bed and we put him in bed and he stayed in bed for the day. He probably had a bad concussion. Um, and I went on exchanges and I thought, oh, how are we going to explain it to the members? Because he's going to have a really big black eye. And um, he didn't because we gave him such a good blessing. All he had was a little cut where his glasses had hit his cheek um and and that was it and priesthood you know, power yeah and good the, job the, the lord had protected me with because it was his fault that he gave us this elastic you know
can we can we segue into my exercise story then since we're talking about that okay yes let's do it okay (laughs) so one of our ap's was had been in the military and he was an older elder he hadn't planned on going on a mission um and then kind of changed like it was able to squeak in right under like right before that uh cutoff um but yeah he had had a military career so uh they had thought that elders weren't maybe exercising as much in the morning during that time frame, that half hour that we have that we should be doing it. So the APs had started to check on the elders at that time to see. And and of course, what they found was that a lot of elders were sleeping in um, through that point. And so they decided to do a boot camp at the next zone conference. But um, before I get to that, actually, I just want to ask you a question and uh, people in the chat can answer too. But um, as an elder, because I, I don't know if this might be more of an American thing or not, but um, what was your typical outfit for P-Day? Um, pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Okay. Um, so we weren't allowed to have jeans, so I, it might just be an American thing, but it's basically a t-shirt and like basketball shorts. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. That's what all the elders would wear. And yeah, um, yeah and so for exercise also, t-shirts and basketball shorts, right? And I, even for sleepwear, I think, right? T-shirt and basketball yeah. shirts. So anyway, so those are all the same thing. So before the zone conference, they tell everyone wear your P-Day clothes or bring your P-Day clothes. So uh, my companion and I do. But um, for sisters, um, sleepwear, workout wear, and like casual wear, those are three different outfits. Um, and so so we they said P-Day clothes, so we brought our casual clothes. So mine was just like a T-shirt, uh, a normal t-shirt. It had a turtle on it. I thought it was cute. And we weren't allowed jeans, but I did have a pair of trousers that were like khakis, basically. Um, so I wore those. Um, I guess like the most crucial part and the crucial difference between like those three outfits um, is the bra and the support that you have. So obviously at night, like you want to finally be free um, from the constriction that you've had all day. But uh, during the normal day, it's just just a normal, it does the job kind of a bra, but for working out, you need something. If, you, if you're more endowed, like I and my companion were, at least like for our sizes, um, you definitely need extra support for something like that. Um, but again, they didn't tell us what it was for. They just said, bring your P-Day clothes. So we all get lined up into the gym, you know, after after everybody gets changed. And the AP who was a who had been in the military starts boot camp. So it was kind of a surprise. My companion and I are up front. And I just want to say, because this was before the age change, sisters were really rare. And our zone, like our mission was kind of a, a long shape. So they actually split uh, zone conferences in, into two. So they didn't have like the whole mission all there together. So yeah. when we did our zone conference, my companion and I were the only pair of sisters there at all. All of the rest of the sisters happened to just be in the other part of the mission. So we're the only ones. Anyway, um, the elder starts off with jumping jacks. He's like, you know, and he's going to start, you know, like he's just very proper, very military. It was funny at first, you know, until until my companion and I realized. Um, yeah, so like we just froze and we didn't know what to do. And again, this actually like goes back to just kind of a lot of the stigma there is around sister missionaries about them being difficult or weird or whatever. Um, me and all of my companions, we did not want to be like that sister we we were always i think maybe more polite and more careful than we would have been otherwise just because of because of knowing that so even here at this really really awkward thing where we're standing in front of elders like supposing to do jumping jacks with 
attire that's not appropriate for that for us. Oh we gosh. just freeze and we don't know what to do because, and that was the thing, like that was the first thought in my mind. It was like, I don't want to be difficult. I don't want to be a troublemaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like we both just like look at each other and we both had sweaters. I had a huge sweater that had belonged to my brother, super, super big and bulky. So like we run over, we grab our sweaters, put them on because we're not going to be like, you know, because again, we don't want to be like, oh, the sisters couldn't handle boot camp. The sisters didn't want to exercise with the boys. They didn't want to, you know, like we and none of the elders were like that. Again, like the elders that I was with were super great and I don't think they would have done that um but still like that fear is there so yeah so I get this big old huge sweater on and I and it was hot like and I did it I did the whole we did the jumping jacks I did the push-ups I did the running in place like you know as much as I could and um you know and I had fun I'm laughing with the other elders because like I, yeah I wasn't the only one that struggled with push-ups there was one um elder who was from Tonga and so he was shouting stuff like nobody knows what he was saying uh, but he was just having difficulty he could have been swearing in Tongan for all we knew but we were just kind of laughing and you know and I just thought like all right this that was a good lesson we did get quite a bit of workout done like anyway that was it I didn't say anything to anyone about that um Maybe my companion did, or maybe I might have, like, in because we would have an individual interview with the mission president and the mission president's wife. So I think to um, his wife, I think I might have said, like, oh, I, just, I felt a little embarrassed about the jumping jacks, but I, I put on a sweater and it was okay. But um, I, I might have said something like that. But I, again, this is just like why the elders in my mission were really great, but also just goes to show just how little the sisters could be thought of uh, sometimes, you know? Yeah. And so um, word got around, I guess, um, that it had put us in a weird spot. And even when I found that out, even that made me uncomfortable because I was like, oh, no, like the people are going to think that we were complaining about this. But the that AP uh, and his companion actually called us that night to apologize to us. And I think it was very sincere. I don't think like they were being forced to, or if they were, they were great at acting like they weren't, but they were just like, we, we are so sorry, sisters, if that made you uncomfortable. And they told the, you know, the, all the sisters for the next zone conference, like to wear workout clothes. That, and so they knew that they would be working out and would be able to be dressed appropriately. And, and they'd heard about it too. So the next time we did actually, like I think transfers get to meet with some of them, they were yeah. just like, I can't believe that happened. I, I just, I don't know what I would have done, you know? And so anyway, that that's my, I guess, kind of funny, but kind of sad exercise story. And again, it's just, it's just like the sisters weren't thought of, I think, cause the elders wear the same thing for all of those things. So, you know, why not the sisters? And there's another thing too, if I can, branch into this or did you want to say something about that first no go go for it okay um uh, going into summer so i i think i mentioned this before but i served in philadelphia and um and so yeah so just the summers were getting hot and so i remember at one zone conference uh mission president went up and said all right now that it's getting warmer you know elders you don't need to wear your jackets and and if you don't have tattoos of course uh then you can wear the the short sleeve uh, white shirts instead of the long sleeve ones. And then as he was turning to go away, and, and this is why I loved my uh, mission president's wife. She was just such a spunky woman. Um, uh, she like calls out from her seat, like, what about the sisters? And I remember my mission president looking confused and being like, I know, like, I'm sure he's thinking in his head, like they can wear short sleeves already. Like there's, there's no 
requirement like that and they don't wear like suit jackets um you know so he looked at her and he was like the sisters and then she just yells out pantyhose and everyone started laughing um because that was a requirement for missionaries for sister missionaries was to wear nylons i mean that's what we call them now none of us called them pantyhose but it was just funny um so yeah and i think this also because everyone knows pantyhose are, are really really thin um, but that doesn't mean that they're not really, really hot. And in fact, there's actually an investigator that my companion and I would talk to, and it really distressed her to see that we were wearing nylons because it was so warm out. And she's like, do you have to wear those? And we would explain, um, well, yeah, it's just part of the, you know, the dress standards. We agree to it. You know, we always try to like make it sound better than it is. Like we agreed to it, but it was something she commented on every time because they are hot. They can be really, really thin, but it's like an extra layer of skin almost. So, um, and, and even with the skirt, even, you know, with the breeze going on, uh, it can be extremely hot in the summertime. So anyway, so at this zone conference, um, sister, our sister mission president shouts out, what about pantyhose? Like the sisters and the elders, we all equally laugh about it. Um, he turns to her, he says like, are those hot? And she's like, yeah. And so he was like, okay. So he came, you know, to the mic and he was like, hey, sisters, you, you don't have to wear pantyhose. And so like, which we were really glad about. And it was funny because I went and saw that investigator again and my companion and I told her like, hey, our president said we don't have to wear pantyhose anymore and, or nylons. And, uh, she didn't seem as excited as we thought she would be. And of course, now I see that, like, I mean, she was happy for that, but she was probably really disturbed that we needed permission from a man to not have to wear those anymore when it was hot outside. So that's probably why her reaction was a bit more, I guess, less than I was expecting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome because I never would have. It goes to that thing of, uh, like we were saying earlier about Brad, it, it goes to the thing of, uh, informing people from an experienced point of view you know he doesn't know what it's like outside the church because he's not left the church and lived that life i've not worn pantyhose so i don't have an idea about that but you do but when we just say to all the sisters no go away be quiet you know the the rules a lot are of things very, are missed yeah it's, it's very man man centric isn't it so yeah and especially with there being no women in leadership, like the mission president's yeah. wife. I mean, and then other than training, that's all we had. So, and again, she's not in the meetings that the elders are having, the APs are having with the mission president where they decide to go ahead and have this announcement that, because if she had been in that meeting, then it would have been brought up there too. And she wouldn't yeah. have had to shout it from her seat, you know, at the zone no. conference, because this was the first she was also hearing, but I'm glad she did. She had her back, so. Yeah, well, they have um, female APs now. Yeah, I have uh, heard that. Which could they? Uh, could, oh, APs like female. That's really cool. Uh, I, I did know they started more leadership positions with the age change because there's so many more sisters now. Like they, they have to. Yeah, they're not you know? called. They're not called APs. They're called something like training sisters or something yeah. like that. But they, they are That's APs right. okay. basically. Um, so they, they, they work directly with the mission president then. Yeah, and then travel okay. around the travel around the mission to all the sisters areas um to train with those sisters uh, okay but that's what i assumed it was like a zone leader but it's, i guess it's slightly better than that yeah, it's more no, yeah, ap it's level just, if they at least have like that higher access yeah so. i mean they, they they can't give blessings or anything mm -hmm. obviously but they right. they go around and train all the other sisters and look after those sisters and report back to the mission president um i still that. think they did that because they had to 
because of the influx of sisters, I, I don't yeah. feel like it's because they actually were like, let's let's give leadership positions to yeah, no, the not, sisters. Not, not at all. It just got um, to be too much. Yeah. So here's here's a, a question from Left Field. Did you ever have any problem falling asleep in weird places? Um. Okay. So no, not in weird places, but I could fall asleep at the drop of a hat, and I did have so. We, and I think other missions have done this too, but our mission combined kind of lunch and dinner. So instead of taking an hour off two times a day, we just took two hours off at around two or three o'clock. And okay. of course we would come into the apartment and we would pray like we should, cause we prayed every, all the time for everything ever. Um, I don't know if you were like this, but we prayed before we left. We prayed to try to pick a place to go. We prayed when we came back into the apartment, we prayed before we left. Um, but there were times that I fell asleep on my knees at the couch, like, when we were praying, when we just got back to the apartment. And there were times I slept the whole two hours, like I didn't even eat. And then yeah. we prayed again and would leave. But I could, yeah. I mean, if I if I didn't have a companion that also, you know, like I, I could have fallen a street, like uh, in the street or on a sidewalk, I it, I could have, I yeah, was always we, tired. Well, over here in the, in the UK in winter time, the buses are the warmest place to be if you're not like in your home, it's always wet, it's very humid. And if you sat at the back of the bus with the vibration of the, the engine, you just kind of slump totally over. Totally would have. Miss, your, miss the bus stop and end up going miles out of the way. But talking about praying, <laughs> praying to find where to knock. So we prayed one time and I chose the street and we went to this really rough end of the city <laughs> to go knock this street and the street didn't exist anymore it was just like a field of rubble the street the lampposts were still there but all the houses were gone and it was just like rubble and i'm like oh where's this street i can see it on the map where we've circled um but yeah it wasn't there the holy ghost was playing you tricks know, on me that PD, well, I, I, it was just testing you to see if you would be obedient and you passed the test that's how i would have you know, you just strengthened your ability to listen to the spirit. So yeah. that's how I would have well, rationalized that. Uh, I I had the, this mysterious. So from a, a man's point of view, um, every now and then you'd wake up and you'd be like, oh, what's going on? Like my pants are all wet. Um, and that's just what happens, you know. Um, but. I was starting to see I'd got really navy sheets that I'd carry around with me, some nice Egyptian cotton sheets, and starting to find stains on them around the middle of my bed, just little white stains. I'm like, what is going on? And they, they were just multiplying. So I'd wash it, and then uh, these stains had come back. Like, you didn't know on? what they were? No, I didn't know what they were. Interesting. It, it wasn't semen. Sorry, everyone who's okay. Listening. I knew that's what that would be my assumption. Sorry. Yeah, no that that was what that was my first go to. I'm just like, what's going on? It wasn't that. Um, so I'm like, where, where, what's going on? Anyway, go to a new area. Prank. The stains moved from the middle of the bed to the foot of the bed. So I'm like, what is it? What have I changed? And then I realized what it was. It's at night when I go brush my teeth. Then I'd come back in and I'd kneel down to pray and I'd be on the bed 
and I'd I'd fall asleep and drool a little bit. <laughs> it was toothpaste. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> it was toothpaste. But for the longest time, for months, I'm just like, what is it? <laughs> that's so funny. A little bit. I, I had something where so I was falling asleep during scripture study for a while in my first area, and I felt so guilty over it i felt like a bad missionary for doing this and i would try so hard not to and and i again like i was there because i wanted to be i loved the scriptures i you know so i just like i felt so bad um and of course my companion could see that you know it, it was just starting to be an issue and i it finally occurred to me one day uh that the medicine my mom had sent me some um some allergy medicine because I had really been struggling and it just occurred to me one day that maybe it was that medicine because a lot of it can make you sleepy and so yeah. when I went and I looked at the ingredients I had the the diphenhydramine hydrochloride and 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 of course at the time because I was praying I felt bad I kept I kept I was trying to repent for it and like telling God how sorry I am that I can't stay awake for like this the scripture study time you know and um and so I felt like it was an answer to prayer, like the, the fact the thought popped into my head that it was the medicine. But yeah, that was I, just a similar experience of something where I'm like, what is, what's going on? And then you find out it's just a really normal, natural thing. But I did kind of wonder actually if like, I know if Satan was making me sleepy or, you know, something, but anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's everything on your mission, anything that's going wrong, it's Satan's fault. Mm -hmm. um, of course. Who's tempting you or whatever it might be. We had um, a whole, like a six-man flat of missionaries with the zone leaders, etc., who were all starting to fall asleep and having issues and talking to the mission president. And it turned out that one of the elders who was new to the flat, uh, he was really uh, like particular about his milk. He would not share his milk. So when you're in like a six-man flat, the best way to get, good food to buy in bulk everyone just puts it together mm -hmm. but he's like no my milk is my milk and that's your milk you know so everyone um was uh drinking milk from one carton he was he'd have his own little private one and there was a reason it was because he was drugging the milk and all the elders were sleeping soundly and were struggling to get up in the night and it wasn't until this this guy's last transfer that he got found out because what he was doing was he was well, yeah, drugging... I just want to know what he what was he doing he was drugging the milk and then he was going out at night to meet a girl from his last area who would like a YSA who would drive across oh and they'd go on dates and it wasn't every night obviously but he was just regularly dropping like cough whatever's into the milk um, so that all of his companions, all the people in the flat, would be sleeping soundly all night. That's nuts. So you've got guys who had never had any problem with waking up in the morning, staying awake or anything, and they go into president's interviews and saying, I feel really bad because I'm falling asleep studying. I really can't you know, get up in the morning anymore. And a president put it together, and, and yeah, it was this guy's last uh, transfer. He was his own leader and it was a friend of his ysa girlfriend called the mission president when she found out and told him and this guy just got yeah gone in in a heartbeat 
But, but he was close to finishing. Like, did they send him home honorably still? Or no, no, he'd only oh, he got wasn't. like he'd only got like four weeks to go. Um, but he got put in an aeroplane and uh, sent sent home with a smacked bottom. But yeah, but it's I feel like he was there long enough that probably he wouldn't have had to tell people like it's still probably oh, yeah. more okay. He, I'm he wondering now because I remember seeing I don't know if it was on Reddit or like on Imager actually a story of a missionary and this was when I was still faithful who, who posted that he drugged his companions so that he could go and he said like he was having sex with a girl and i remember being just so disturbed by that and i was so disturbed by the comments like to, you know of course calling the church a cult and mission life a cult and saying like elders can't leave it's really restrictive and i remember just being like that's not true like you can leave you know which i mean technically technically you can leave but again i'm unaware of just the level of influence and the pressure that comes from staying um but still like i, I definitely wanted to be on record that like even though i do agree now it's hard to get off a mission that does not excuse this kind of behavior at all ever like drugging somebody else i don't care how like if you have the gall to do that then you should have the balls to talk to your mission president and insist on going home yeah. like if you can go that far you know what yeah. i mean so anyway i wonder if it's like that guy or if this is just a different story of a different missionary doing the same thing he didn't make it sound like a group it sounded like just the two of them so it could be different, but it's just it's just crazy. Well, he it's the he, level. This guy carried it on over several companionships. So he started it when it was just two of them, and he was training a kid, and then he got moved up into this uh, larger. I flat wonder now where he got caught. But so many crazy stories. Um, there was there was one elder who got into a relationship with a less active sister who was twice his age and she got pregnant and yeah how so, does this happen <laughs> i mean i know like not how does pregnancy happen um but <laughs> what, well, like, where's the companion what like so what, what how does this happen what happened was um uh brian middleton i can i can say his name because he was on an earlier episode the bear of leeds he was the companion and he put me straight and basically he uh, had some uh, medical issues and was in hospital and so his companion just kind of took the car keys and did one and uh, drove off uh, to see this this lady and yeah they were smashing it and he confessed to the mission president when he found out she was pregnant um and that unfortunately she miscarried like a few days later, but he'd confessed already. So <laughs> the AP said to me, they had to take him to say goodbye to her because he wouldn't leave without saying goodbye to her. Um, so they took him and he was like, the AP said that they went in, that like went into the corner of the room, was just making out. Um, and like her daughter, who was older Goodbye. than the missionaries, yeah, was there. And the AP said to her, "It's a bit weird, isn't it?" And she was like, "Yes, yeah, a bit weird." Uh, so he went and it, home. Of course, it didn't blow up anywhere because it, no. it could have, but yeah. no one but, but the insiders hear about it, right? Yeah, but he he went home and he came back the next week on his missionary visa, married her, and they lived in the ward one over from where i was bishop for a while 
and then went back to Utah for a while. And I think they've come back uh, now and they're probably 15 miles from where I am now. Um, so crazy. And you're like, I know but people always ask you, like, they always want to know how you met, you know? Yeah. So yeah. What's funny is like, even like with the whole stigma with Sister Michelle's, when my youngest brother served a mission, I, I told him, I said, don't be like this when you come back. Don't be like, I would never date a sister missionary. And I told him how hurtful it was. And then the, the, the little bastard comes back and he does exactly that. I will not date return sister missionaries. No, no, you know, you just don't get it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but luckily, I mean, after a year or so, uh, he actually ended up dating a sister that had been in his mission. So it's kind of funny because now when people ask, like, how did you meet? Like, they say, you know, we met on our mission. That's the truth. But they always have to say, but we weren't those kind of missionaries. Like, your missionary. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. They have to, like, there's that caveat of, like, we weren't bad. We, yeah. It was way after we came back, you know? Like, there's nothing funny going on there. I, I just oh. think it's funny. Because of okay. stories like that, people know everyone's heard a story like that. Yeah, and there's nothing stranger than, yeah, just telling uh, teenagers that you've got to go for two years and you live in this artificial kind of world because in the real world, you're just a bunch of 19-year-old kids who don't have a college education and you're, you're wasting your time. But as a missionary, I remember being like, oh, we've got the the world is our oyster, you know, we've done this two years and it's amazing. And maybe if you go back to Salt Lake and you can say that you're a honorable return missionary, that's a great thing. But here in England, all the ladies are into you. Yeah. 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 But here in England, everyone's just like, you did what for two years? And you're like, Oh, I went door to door selling religion. And I'm like, are you stupid? You know, are you just... talking about members? No, just like the, the real world. Okay. Um, so, well, see, that's your problem there. You, you should only be dating members, <laughs> and then they well, would they would worship you the appropriate way. But have you ever sat in a job interview and they said, "What did you do for those two years?" A job interview is different. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I came back to Utah, so it, it would have been fine. Yeah. Noble. That's what, that's what I mean. Volunteer work. Volunteer work over here. Mm -hmm. They're just like, "You did what?" We don't want to know. You know? Are you going to try and sell us that religion now? Um. Ah, what can you do anyway i think we, whatever you think of a mission we all came out with some positives whether that's just that we can do this and we're happy to speak publicly about what are very personal issues sometimes or whether it's just that we passed the time made some new friends and yeah just enjoyed ourselves but maven thank you so much for coming I had a good time. on yeah, and giving us your point of view. Is there anything you want to say to everyone before we wrap up? Um, well, I, I just wanted to add, that I, I, th I thought it would come up and then I, I forgot to, just the, the idea of feeling lesser. And a big part of it was like with baptisms uh, because we could never baptize uh, our converts, um, even though we would get very close to them. And in general, again, just as sisters, we're, the church does a really good job of, of doing a number on us to, to where we, we could support the patriarchy and, and we support the things that are against our interests and against our own voices and power. Um, and so if there's, I guess, more than three sisters around, even uh, if you say something just a little bit kind of maybe like, why can't we do this? One will usually correct. But in a lot of my companionships, where it's just the two of us, especially like for somebody that we taught, that we loved, and, and they had progressed towards this point of baptism, um, 
we we did have just like that little bit of freedom to ask ourselves to ask each other like out loud like like why can't we baptize them like does it it just doesn't at the end of the day it's just like we have vaginas and that's the only difference really and but because of that like we can't just dress in white and and take our our converts into the water and and introduce them into this great thing the thing that we think is so great um and we would just be like yeah i don't know i don't get it and then just be like oh well and then again call the elders so that they can interview our person you know anyway that's the the last bit. I guess I am still having an issue with my YouTube. I don't know if I really, I, I am trying to like, I guess, put things out there on Twitter if anyone, or if anyone knows uh, ways to get through. Um, actually, Marka, who's been in the chat is trying to help me with something. So I'm gonna, I think, work that angle a little bit more. Um, but anyway, I'll try to keep people updated for people who are are in on that. So yeah, anyway, if that's a, it. If there is anyone with the inside track on YouTube, then please uh, let us know. Either get in touch with me through Facebook or YouTube or look up Maven on Mormonism Live or on Facebook uh, because YouTube, there's a bot somewhere who's done a bad job and deleted Maven's account. So we need to try and get it back. When it comes to accounts, we want to try and push for 750 subscribers, everyone. We're at 591 and I feel like we can get to 750 um so please share with your friends share with just anyone okay (laughs) that's my begging if you feel that you can contribute again uh the qr codes just in the top corner or the link is in the description below thank you everyone for being with us this evening i would say if you're if you're not subscribed to pda and if i had a channel and you would subscribe to me put put that over towards pda (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> give me a subscribers thank you baby. yeah oh. subscribers that i can't get i'm being oh. very generous pd <laughs> yeah, yeah. Them your oh. way. <laughs> you, you can you can subscribe to both it's it's free so you know feel free to click 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 um but yes thank you thanks for being here next week we have marco fuentes who has been in the chat this evening and yep. we'll be we'll be chatting with marco and seeing what more what mormonism looks like from his point of view. Uh, we'll also have the unboxing video on the biggish, uh, the beginning of Missionary Memoirs starting on Sunday evening, where I'll explain to you all just a little bit more about that and about my really weird mission. But for now, thank you. Let's hope that Mormonism, oh no, let's hope they do flip their lid this week and we get even more Brad Wilcox um, going. Ski Cat just subscribed you see that down below that's the first time the little alert box has come up that's fantastic thank you ski cap um but thanks everyone have a good one and we will catch you next time see ya thank you bye